Our Super Bowl 58 matchup is set with the Chiefs getting set to to take on the San Francisco 49ers. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski Podcast. I'm Adam Wright with Chris Kostich, as always, and we have a great show planned for you guys tonight, yet again. So, the conference championship matchups are all said and done, and the Kansas City Chiefs and San Francisco 49ers are facing off in a rematch of Super Bowl 54, where the Chiefs, of course, went on top 24-20. to 20. Um, Here's... um. We have a lot to talk about in this, in these, to say the least, in both matchups, because what just happened is just absolutely insane. Um, and joining us for all of this to cover, we have special guest Aaron Wise. He's been all on all too many times, a loyal listener of the show. Aaron, thanks for joining us. Why don't you introduce us, introduce yourself to our new listeners? Okay, so I'm Aaron Wise, and um been on this podcast for a while now and uh i'm from illinois and um i'm a jets fan so pretty big one yeah yeah feel a little excluded talking about the playoffs for another year doesn't it (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right well we're gonna jump right into it and we're going to talk about the chiefs so this is a game where Baltimore really never led. So um, the the Chiefs won 17 to 10 and Baltimore only merely tied it in the first quarter. From there, it was all Chiefs and they were the Baltimore never really looked like their normal selves this year. Uh, Lamar Jackson turned the ball over twice. He threw a pick and he also lost a fumble his number one wide receiver who they took in the draft this year, rookie Zay Flowers, fumbled the ball. Um, he still caught five receptions for 115 yards and a touchdown. But, I mean, this was really not the best game for the Chief, for excuse me, for the Ravens. It wasn't good for the Chiefs either. Now, the Chiefs went up 17-7 to in the second quarter, and they – never scored any points for the rest of the game. So this was a bad game for both sides. Don't don't let me don't get me wrong. I'm not going to take away anything from Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs and how they were able to eke out this Super Bowl berth. But what has I mean this is just it feels like they shouldn't be here. They were not that good of a team. But that's all the more credit to Patrick Mahomes. But what are you guys thoughts? Aaron, I'll let you start. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to sound salty or nothing, but I think the Chiefs just getting lucky, man. Like I, like 
it's just I have to give credit. The Chiefs won the game. They they took advantage of the Ravens' mistakes, but also too though. The Ravens too, though they had their chances to win this game, they did. So, so, so they can't really blame the refs, really. It's like Zay Flowers, when when he turned the ball over, he honestly shouldn't have though. He should have carved his fall right down, and then just live another day. And then, yeah, I don't know. It's just Lamar Jackson didn't look like Lamar Jackson at all all game long. He he he. For some reason, he didn't he, he didn't want to run that much. For some reason, he, he just wasn't Lamar. He just looked like he was stuck in the mud throughout the game. But, yeah, that's that's basically all I got much to say about this game. Chris? All the credit has to go to the Chiefs defense. I mean, th- we were talking about this was a top 10 defense the entire year. Um, the run defense wasn't all that great, and the pass defense was what really stepped up. Legereus Sneed showed up as a top corner in the league. Uh Mahomes was dicing up the Baltimore defense basically the entirety of the first half. And it showed because Baltimore couldn't stay on the field for what felt like longer than a minute and a half, which is usually how long a three and out takes is a minute and a half of game time. And uh, and it shows in the time of possession. Chiefs had the ball for 15 more minutes than the Ravens did. And the thing that irritates me the most is how the Ravens just completely abandoned the run game. Um, Lamar Jackson, yeah. I I was saying how this year he was a better passer just because he's not just automatically running with it after the first read isn't there. He's actually taking the time to go through his progressions. But he just didn't look – like Aaron said, he didn't look like Lamar. He took two – long to look downfield the chief secondary was just smothering the receivers left and right Lamar's accuracy was not there a lot of overthrows a lot of miscues and like I said the fact that they only ran the ball 16 times Gus Edwards only three carries Justice Hill only three carries they averaged five yards a carry in this game and they only ran it 16 times. They completely abandoned it. The Chiefs doubled the Ravens in rushing attempts. They had 32. The Ravens had 16. Like, it, if your best part of your offense is the run game, why go away from it? Why go away from it? This was basically a one-score game for most of the game and really a 10-point game for the majority of the game. You don't have to start airing it out. You don't have to start going balls to the wall and have Lamar throw it 37 times. Well, I'll tell you why. It's because, well, first of all, the Chiefs' run defense is actually really good this year. Second of all, the the reason is because they played from behind the entire game. They're down by 10. You don't have to throw – it doesn't matter if you're playing from behind. You don't have to just chuck it around all of a sudden. They abandoned the run game in the first half. That's the problem, Adam. They abandoned it in the first half. And the other thing, too, is when you look at the Ravens' schedule, most of their games were blowouts. They didn't have a ton of close games. They didn't have to come from behind a whole lot this year. And that caught up to them. So there you go. I mean, if if you force this team to throw the ball against Patrick Mahomes, then they really have no answer. 
You know, th- this is something that the Titans did a couple of years back, back in 2019. You know, this this was a team that was blowing everybody's doors off during the regular season. They get punched in the mouth and they can't handle the adversity, right? So this is why I don't think te- that teams who center their game around their running game can can get the job done. The Baltimore I, Ravens have proven it time and time again that you cannot win that way. The I Eagles think, came close last year. I but I I think that they can. It's just the fact that they panicked and just what you just can't panic. You just got to stick to your guns. And that was the prop that's what that was the problem with the Eagles this year. They didn't stick to their guns at all. That's why DeAndre Swift only got 10 carries or whatever it was in that wild card game, which is still criminal. So if you know, if I'm sorry. If they ran the if if they ran the ball more uh more in this game, yes, they would have been better. Can we guarantee they would have won? I don't think so. I'm I, just saying. The, I two, think they're putting up 17 points if they don't abandon the run game so soon. But at that point, maybe the Chiefs have more urgency, and they, you know, because you can't you can't bet bet against Patrick Mahomes at that point. No, um, this is a weak Chiefs team. But it's a Chiefs team that is able to throw it on you. Um, have the, are they as good at as good at it at it as years past? No, by no means. But when all of the chips are pushed to the middle of the table, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey always find ways to get it done in ways that we have never seen before. And yeah, I yeah. just th- I just oh. think Patrick Mahomes beat out Lamar Jackson. Yeah, no, Plain that's simple. No, no, that that definitely you're definitely so correct about that. Can that, I? I'm sorry. You you finish finish your point. Because the thing that I said in our Friday episode before the uh, divisional round weekend was that Lamar basically has to go to the Super Bowl this year, or has to win a Super Bowl to have these playoff narratives about him end. And here we are once again. Great regular season QB. Just doesn't show up for the playoffs. Let me ask you this. And we we asked you, I asked you guys this off camera. How many quarterbacks do we actually know of who are still active in this league who have actually won a Super Bowl? Holy like, like full-time starting quarterbacks. Well, if we're talking full-time, if we're going to ca- not count Rodgers because he got hurt. And yeah. So it'd be Mahomes and Stafford. Mahomes, Stafford. I don't think Joe Flacco counts. If you want to count him, sure, go ahead. I don't think he's winning you a Super Bowl today. No. And yeah, maybe no. not even Aaron Rodgers, depending on how that Achilles how that Achilles injury heals. And even if he is his vintage self, how do we know he's going to match up well being on the Jets? We It's all a big question mark. So all of the elite quarterbacks outside of Patrick Mahomes, they haven't done anything yet. Joe Burrow's come the closest. Josh Allen and company haven't been able to get over the hump that is the Kansas City Chiefs and nor the, the Cincinnati Bengals. Lamar Jackson hasn't proven to be able to be a winning quarterback. Jalen Hurts hasn't done it yet. Justin Herbert can't do it with the with the cast around him. We'll see if he can if he can do better with a better, better coaching staff. Oh. I do remember one. Russell Wilson. If you if you want to count Russell Wilson, yeah, Russell Wilson's Russ. a good one. Yeah, yeah, Russell Wilson. But is he doing anything? I mean, no. he had a good season, but so I mean, out of the 
out of the quarterbacks that you can name, Matthew Stafford, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. That's those aren't those aren't quarterbacks who can rival Patrick Mahomes at this day and age. Not even close. So my beef isn't with the the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs do what they can. They're incredible in the big moment. They take on a lot of features that the the New England Patriots that preceded them took on. But at least the Patriots were kind of challenged. The Patriots actually had some challengers. Eli Manning and the Giants always brought out their best when they faced him in the Super Bowls. Peyton Manning, whenever he was at home, held his own. Actually won games when he was away. I'm looking at you, Josh Allen. Mark Sanchez. We're not counting that guy. (laughs) We're not counting that guy. And you you could even count Patrick Mahomes late in that Patriots dynasty and during the time of, of Tom Brady on the Buccaneers. But right now, there's really no one who has been able to challenge Patrick Mahomes. The only one you can bring up is Joe Burrow because he... I mean, he's the only one with the ice water in his veins who can actually challenge Patrick Mahomes, who has proven that he can actually beat him in the postseason. He's the only one. And the the Bengals are basically trying to ruin his career. Um, In all seriousness, that offensive line, they're trying with their talent. They are trying to bring people in. I think it's a coaching issue down there. But there's those are that's another uh, conversation to be had. Um. That's the issue here is it's not, it's not Patrick Mahomes. It's not the chiefs that you should get mad at. It's the rest of the league. They can't muster up a team or a quarterback who can beat this guy. And until you do that, then they are the big, they are the big villain in the NFL for the next decade. I hope not, but. If history has told us anything, it's probably going to be the next 20 years. That's my takeaway here. Yeah, not, not, <laughs> you know, the Ravens had a great team. They had a really good team this year. And the fact that they, they were this much of a letdown, I don't put it on the Chiefs. I put it on the Ravens. I put it on the on the Bills. I put it on the Bengals. Here's a here's a little stat for you. So the Ravens are the analytically, the Ravens were the fifth best team of all time, analytically speaking. And they join the Patriots two Patriot teams who are also in the top five of the best analytical teams of all time to not win a Super Bowl. Right. And, and those other two Patriot teams were the 07 team and the 2010 team. <laughs> those And the Patriot, the Patriots in 07, at least won the soup. They went to the no. Super Bowl. Yeah. 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 In, ten, in 2010, they were one and done. That's another Issue to solve against. I, I have Aaron's no stupid yet. <laughs> I have no freaking clue how they pulled that off, but um, no, yeah. I mean, there, like, there's the issue right there. I, I, I do the amount of competition around oh. the league for Patrick Mahomes is just it, it's laughable right now. The closest team right now is the Buffalo Bills. That's the team that's consistently in it, and they just don't have what it takes to beat the Chiefs. They don't. Maybe in the regular season, but what, who cares about the regular season? They beat them this past regular season, this regular season, and it gave them a home a home playoff game. What did they do with it? What did they do with Nothing. it? They Nothing. They crapped all over themselves. So there you go. It's not being yeah. at home. It's not the quarterback. 
It's not the it's not the all pro caliber wide receiver who you have in Stephon Diggs. It's Mahomes versus everybody else. And that is what is wrong with the NFL at at this day and age. Aaron, what were you about to say? Okay, okay. Um okay, so my take, bro, Lamar Jackson. Um I'm I'm gonna keep this real short, but my, my take on Lamar Jackson is that he, he's a really good regular season quarterback. Like he puts out these big numbers and MVP numbers, which honestly, I don't think he deserves MVP. Like, I, I don't know. To me, personally, he didn't look like MVP really much. It's not like his tw- the 2019 version. Yeah, he was insane. But when it comes to the playoffs, every time he goes to the playoffs, he looks he – don't, he don't look so uh, super no more. He looks human, like very human. Like he looks like he lost his power-ups. He ran out of gas, and, and also he forgot to play football again. I don't know what, what's going on, but – it's like he's always second guessing himself once he gets to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he gives yeah. me like James Harden vibes. So he, the, you know, the issue with the issue with the MVP award is that it is a regular season award. So it's the same thing with Aaron Rodgers. He won it back to back years, but um he was uh uh he didn't do much in the in the regular season either. It's it's a regular season award, so uh, statistically, uh, you could argue maybe not worthy, but I will say this for him. When you give it the eye test, this was probably his best year. So that's what I'll say. It He, he yeah. had an incredible year. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. We do have to move on. We're going to okay. talk about the NFC Championship. The 49ers. Beating the Lions 34-31. to 31. We're going to talk about all the ins and outs of this game. And if the Lions were a little bit too aggressive in this game. That's next. This is the Fumble Rooski Podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Risky Podcast. I'm Adam Wright. Chris Costich, special guest, Aaron Wise. All right. The NFC Championship happened, and that's all Lions fans need to know. That's all they want to know or remember. Um, 34-31, to 31, the 49ers beat uh, the Lions. But the biggest headline is this in this game is that uh, – Going into in, into the beginning of the four, the third quarter, in the first half, essentially, the Lions held a twenty four to seven lead, and uh, the the 49ers in the third quarter went on to score. Th- uh, <clears throat> excuse me, they went on to score twenty. Uh, quick math here. Um, they want went on to score twenty seven points. Uh in the second half to take a, tw- a 10 point lead lions managed to score 
towards the end of the game with less than a minute left, but it was too late. 31-34, your final score. But what we'll first cover in this segment is the fact that the Lions had two chances to tie this game. Well, at, at least they had they had the chance to put on to put up two field goals, which was the difference in this game. They went for forward on fourth down both times and failed. And again, this was the it was a three point loss. So this was the difference in the game. One of them could have tied it. I'll let you guys discuss. Aaron, you go ahead and start. Okay, okay. Man, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm low-key kind of disappointed in the Lions, man, because I really thought they were going to go to the Super Bowl, but back in my head, though, I, I couldn't picture them actually being there. It felt like a dream. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't feel like it was it, it's supposed to happen. But the Lions lost because of Dan Campbell. If you would have kicked the two field goals, especially – I can't remember what quarter. I think it was the third quarter. They were up 24-10 with a fourth and three. If you would have kicked the field goal there, you would have put even more pressure for them to, 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 do, to, make, to do something like fast because instead of running the ball, they actually had to air it out like crazy and stuff like that. So, yeah, if you if would have kicked those two field goals, man, I think they would have won the game. But, 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 but just by thinking about it, though, there was like 57 seconds left and they did do those outcomes. But and then the other reason I think they lost the game is the defense. They they gotta fix that defense up. Like their defense has been the big problem this year. Like the past defense, they can't stop nobody. Like, like they just can't. Like they they'll be making like random quarterbacks look good who's not really that good, make them look good for like a week, and then the very next week they look how they how they're supposed to look. But yeah, and I'm going to say one more thing. Dan Campbell will never live this game down, ever. Even if he does go back to the championship game, win this time to the Super Bowl, or win the Super Bowl, I just don't think he's going to be able to fully recover from this. But, uh, yeah, that that's all I got with this. All right, Chris? It, it sucks, you know. It sucks to see the Lions go down like this. You, everyone thought this could be their year, and then they they choke it away like, history has always shown and the curse lives on but here's the thing with the two fourth downs in my opinion the first one the second one i have the second time them going forward on fourth down i have more of a problem with and the thing is too like end of the first half they had fourth and goal from like the four yard line or whatever it was and they decided to go for three smart move apps winding down get the points you're right there don't Keep the momentum with you. Come back down and you've set yourself up with a fourth and two. You're up 24 to 10. And here's the thing. That that Lions defense wasn't going to hold up for very long, regardless if they had converted the fourth down, kicked the field goal or not. That Lions secondary was not going to hold their ground against the 49ers for much longer. And that's a fact. And that's why Dan Campbell went for went for it. Because he knew that you could only hold this 49ers offense in check for so long before they start breaking out again. And so that's why he went for it. Fourth and three and less, they're 17 for 20. This would have been a 45-yard field goal. Marvin Bagley is a 77% field goal kicker from 40-plus. That's not that automatic. That's not that much of a gimme. So in hindsight, that's actually a good move. 
fourth and two, and you had Josh Reynolds. It hit him in the hands. Anthony that hits you in the hands, you got to catch it, dude. Josh Reynolds actually had two bad drops in this game. The second one is a little bit more of a tougher pill to swallow because you're within 30 yards. You need that three to tie it. And the other thing, too, is that Dan Campbell wanted to gamble some more and run it with just over a minute left. You have all three timeouts. You shouldn't. You don't want to use any of those three timeouts yet. And they run the ball. They run the ball on third and goal. And they are then forced to use a timeout. It, Dan Campbell, for how great of a coach he is, he's a leader of men. He, I don't think that this is the last we'll see the Lions making this deep of a playoff run. But Dan Campbell got outcoached in that sense because he put him, he ended up handcuffing himself in that one moment. And that was a huge definer. Granted, they got the touchdown after, but the onside kick is just, you can't get an onside kick anymore. So your chances of getting an onside kick are less than 1%. So you basically already lost the game at that point. Um, <clears throat> here's my takeaway. I get that. Dan Campbell was uh, aggressive all season long, and that's that can be one of his strengths. Clearly, it can be also one of his weaknesses because I put I put most of the blame on on Campbell to give to go for it on fourth down when you already have your foot on their throats. All you have to do is kick that field goal, and you have a three score game, and you have a three score game um, go in the second half. The fact that you couldn't, the fact that you decided to go ahead and go for it on fourth down and then do it again later on in the game when the team is reeling, that was a big problem for me. And I get being aggressive. You need some modesty too. You need a level of modesty where you can pick and choose when to be aggressive and when to use your head and say, okay, um, let's take the points here. And if we just kick that field goal, we're up 17 and the game is even further out of reach than before. They just didn't take the points. Take the freaking points. I was yelling at the TV all game. I understand that it helped them get to where they are to an extent. It also hurt them at times. You remember that game against everyone knows, remembers that game against the Cowboys. I know everyone does because of that infamous two point try. Where there was there was uh, um, Eric Deck, jeez, uh, whatever whatever his name was, the offensive lineman who was ineligible or wasn't eligible, reported, didn't report, who knows. My point is that they could have just tied the game and sent it to overtime, and momentum is on your side against the against the Cowboys who have a tendency to be pretty choky. You decide to go for two, not once, but twice, actually three times. There was, they were saved by a field, by a penalty on one of them. And he still went for two again. It was ridiculous. I mean, like I get going for it sometimes. I like that. I like a little bit of aggression, but have some control. Take the points. Sometimes it was, it all is just ridiculous. I, like I said, I, I'm fine with the first time around because like here's the thing about Campbell is that 
you you said it perfectly. It's his aggressiveness is what got them there. And if he pulls a Brandon Staley and starts to not be doing the same thing and starts second guessing himself, that's when you start getting a bad football team is a coach that starts second guessing himself. And so Campbell is going to ride with what got them there to begin with. And if he did anything different, I think he probably would have gone more backlash if he had gone away from his guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, okay, so, 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 I, I got something to add here. So, for me, when the when the Lions were up twenty four ten, and when they had a chance to go, what was it, seventeen points? Yeah. The only the only reason I'll go for it at that point of the game is if your defense is elite defense, because then if you something bad happened, you know, you know for sure that your line that the defense can stop them. Which, if I'm be honest. I had no faith in the Lions' defense, even though they were surprised they were holding up this long. I still would have just took the points, take a chance, because at least if you kick the field goal, you at least you at least try to get at least points. Three points is better than zero. So I, me personally, I would kick the field goal there. I wouldn't have went for it unless 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 my defense was elite. If that makes sense, my rebuttal, I'm to say, but that's a good point, Aaron. My rebuttal though is like it's what I said. A couple minutes ago, though, it's that Detroit, you know, you can only hold that 49ers offense for so long. And as you pointed out, the Lions as a very they have a very suspect defense and you have a Detroit offense that was moving the ball all over the play, all over the field on the 49ers defense as well. And, you know, that first fourth down that they tried going for, it's. It's fourth and two. They had Josh Reynolds to hit him in the hands. You convert that. You give yourself a chance to go up 21 at that point. And really, you got a chance to really hammer it home at that point. You got a chance to put the 49ers away at that rate. Because 17 points, yeah, you can say that that's putting them away. But 21 sounds a lot sweeter. That's That puts a lot more pressure on the other team to come back from at that rate. Sure. But if you fail, then you're making things a lot harder on yourself again. That's that's only a 14-point game. That's that's still a ball game. And also, by the way, they're going to have momentum because you just failed to really put them put their backs against the wall. So that's the that's the issue that I have um, as far as <clears throat> as far as Dan Campbell's aggression goes. Um, yeah. And I don't know where, I don't know where Chris went, but here's, here's, uh, I wanted to transition Sorry, I a little bit to parking this. dog real quick. That's okay. Um, I wanted to transition to the 49ers here. So the Niners, they win, and Brock Purdy had a pretty good game. But I think the real, where I again, where I see value is giving it the eye test, like we did, like we were talking about during the last episode that I was on. Right? He didn't have the best statistical game. He only threw for just over 250 yards. He threw for a touchdown pass, and he did have a pick. But when his back was against the wall, when the chips were pushed towards the middle of the table, he delivered on pretty much every throw that he could make. I'm pretty sure in the in the second half he only had 3 incompletions. This is a quarterback who is 
very much he's either overrated or underrated and i think i think he's somewhere in the middle he's a pretty good quarterback and he does what he needs to do when it matters most and that's where i see the most value yeah oh yeah 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 i i got i got something to say with the four ers okay so if if i was a four ers fan yeah i'd be happy to go to this role but like if i'm gonna be honest though like you can't really feel too confident about your team because if I'm being honest, the foreigners shouldn't even be in the Super Bowl. They should have lost to the Packers, and they really should have lost this game too. If I'm gonna be honest, okay. And that foreigners defense needs to step up because they have not been stepping up at all this postseason. And if I'm gonna be honest, the foreigners should win the Super Bowl. But I don't have too much confidence that they will. I just they're like the Fortnite's defense hasn't been looking like the Fortnite's defense like most of the season. All until the postseason, they've been kind of laid back, and then all of a sudden, when they actually gotta do something, that's when they start showing up all of a sudden. Like they need to show up from the first quarter all the way to the fourth quarter and maybe overtime if they need. Like, like, like it just feels like the Fortnite's defense, they pick and choose when they want to play. Like you gotta play the whole game. Same with the offense too, because the offense came out of the gate sluggish, like like they drink some alcohol or something, like two cups of alcohol or something. I don't know. They just look off, and all of a sudden, like, oh, shoot, we're down 24 to 7? Oh, oh, shoot, now we actually got to start playing. Like, yo, like, if you do that in the Super Bowl against Patrick Mahomes, you're going to lose. I hate to say that, but, like, in, in, in the Super Bowl, they need to play the best game all the way through. Don't be the Ravens. Okay, that 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 been hurting themselves because the Fortnite's been hurting themselves the whole postseason. They just been getting kind of lucky because like after a while, after a while, it's gonna come back to bite you and it might happen again. So hopefully the Fortnite's learn their lesson. Okay. It, it gotta be a quick lesson. You got two weeks or a week now. Okay, two weeks. Learn your mistakes. All right, that's all I gotta say. I'm sorry for a little rant, but I just had to say what I had to say about Fortnite's. Chris? Yeah, no, I completely agree with what you're saying, though, Aaron. And this is back-to-back games now that the 49ers have gone out to a slow start. And this is another 49ers team, like I was saying with the Ravens, that didn't have to really deal with a lot of adversity. I mean, yeah, there was a couple games here and there where they had to deal with it during the season. Uh, they had week two against the Rams. You know, you had the three straight losses, two of them one-score games against the Browns and the Vikings. But other than that, most of the games were two-score games, two, three-score games. So they weren't really dealing with a lot of these really close matchups up until the the playoffs started. And two of the three close games that I just pointed out, they lost in. Yeah. Yeah. It, that, and, that is, and, the Chiefs, oh. and the Chiefs have had to deal with that all season. That is what crazy. I will. Oh, here I'll I'll keep moving. Um, <clears throat> listen, that is one thing that I would say the 49ers need to improve on is that they need to play they need to play better uh, out of the gates because y- you have played down to your competition quite literally. Uh, this pa- that Packers team you should not have that sh- game should not have been close. You managed to win it, but. Um, there were, you could make an argument they, they shouldn't have. And the same thing with this lions team, they had a chance to bury you and they didn't. Uh, 
like, I think the 49ers should win, but we've said that about the Packers. We said that about the Lions. Um, I still think the, the 49ers should win, but what I would say is that they need to stop playing with their food. Win. Just win the game. Put them away quickly. You force Mahomes to play from behind with that offense, and mistakes are going to be made. Nicole Hardman is going to have another touchback turnover, fumble out of the back of the end zone. Kadarius Toney's going to line off, line up offsides, or he's going to drop a pass. He'll tip a pass that turns into a pick six. Right? That's a mistakes, mistakes will be made. But if you let the Chiefs have the momentum, then I don't trust I don't trust that Mahomes will mess it up. I think he's too good in the big moment to be able to to screw things up. No, yeah, definitely, I don't know. Definitely agree oh. with that. No, Aaron, you can go. I'm looking oh. something for something right now. It, it just it's like with this 49ers team, this 49ers team gives me like Boston Celtics vibes. Like they have a great regular season. Everybody's talking of they're saying they should go to the Super Bowl or like the Celtics, they should go to the finals and win the finals. But then when once they play teams that they should beat, they start what you said, Adam. They start playing with the food, they start not taking them seriously. And then all of a sudden then when when adversity hits, that's when they start waking up all of a sudden, which 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 that shouldn't be the case. Like like if you would have started the game out better, you would have some uh breathing room. And, and if you make it, if you make a mistake, one or two, you 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 have you have a chance to come back. But if you put yourself in that big of a deficit, you basically got to play perfect the rest of the way. Okay, um, we'll get more in depth about the Super Bowl matchup in itself next. Will things be different in this one, or will it stay the same? This is the Fumble Ruski podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Ruski podcast. Adam Wright, Chris Kostich, special guest Aaron Wise. So the Super Bowl 58 matchup is set, and we are on to, and this is uh, bittersweet news, our last game of the NFL season up until September. But they saved the best for last. We got the Chiefs Niners, and... I think this has the potential to be a very good Super Bowl. I think we have a clear favorite in the game, but the Chiefs don't count out Patrick Mahomes and company just yet. And that doesn't mean that doesn't mean I believe that um the 49ers are going to lose. I think the 49ers are going to win this game, but I smell a rat. I smell I smell a potential upset in this game where the Chiefs 
are going to put up a really good fight. They may even go to the point where they're on the brink of victory. And what happens then? I I don't I can't tell you. I don't have a crystal ball, but this is going to be I have a feeling this is going to be a very very good Super Bowl matchup. Uh both teams both teams with some good talent on both sides of the ball. 49ers have a little bit more at least on the offensive side, but let's not forget about that Chiefs defense. That's going to keep the Chiefs in this game just as they have all of the past couple of matchups in this postseason and all season long. Guys, I'll let you discuss. What are your initial takes on this Super Bowl matchup now that it's all set? Well, the 49ers defense has been a little lackluster recently. Chiefs time and time again have shown that they can get it done in close games, and they've shown that back-to-back times now, and they've shown it plenty of times throughout the season and they know more than anyone about adversity, but Rasheed Rice, we like to dog on chiefs receivers a lot, but Rasheed Rice has been stepping up his game a lot in recent weeks. Um, You can even look at uh, from this past game, eight catches, 46 yards. Obviously the yards weren't really there, but in terms of him getting nine targets and hauling in eight of them, that's pretty damn good. So you got Rasheed Rice that's really stepping up to the plate. Travis Kelsey's emerged again as the tight end that he should be. And Mahomes, you just can't bet against Mahomes for some reason. I don't know what it is. It's He is Thanos. He is inevitable. It's insane. He he almost has the full gauntlet. You know, it it's crazy. On the 49ers side, Brock Purdy has shown that he is he is that guy. And he's shown it back-to-back weeks that back against the wall, fourth quarter, he's going to make plays. He's going to make the throws. He's going to make he's going to make plays with his legs if he has to. I mean, see him running the ball, that was great. Picking up first down after first down with his legs, that was insane. Christian McCaffrey, one of the best running backs in the league. Fred Warner, one of the best linebackers in the league. Trent Williams, obviously, arguably the best tackle in the league. It's it's hard to want to bet against Mahomes because of how good this 49ers team is supposed to be. And I didn't even mention Debo Samuel, and there's so many other players on this 49ers team that I haven't even mentioned that's that are really good. But it's hard to... Like I said, it's hard to bet against Mahomes, even with such a good roster the 49ers have. Let me tell you something, though. It's also hard to bet against Brock Purdy. I'll say it, and it needs to be said. This guy, the only he's only lost four games in his young career. And sure, they lost those games. But in one of them, he tore his UCL. He that I wasn't counting that one. Oh, that that oh, one doesn't. That one that one hardly counts. Come on. He yeah. They lost that game. But his record. He hardly oh. even got to play in that game. Who knows how it would have gone? For all we know, the 49ers could have won that game. Oh, he but got that's to what play. I'm he just to throw the ball. <laughs> well, yeah. Again, doesn't count. Yeah, yeah, listen, I'm, yeah. I'm not counting. Yeah, listen, the four, listen. This. 
He this guy don't don't look now, but Mr. Irrelevant, the last overall pick in the 2022 NFL draft. This guy has had a chip on his shoulder, and time and time again, when it matters most, this guy has been able to play at the highest level possible. He really has. And you know, so his first year where he didn't he hardly even got to start for his first season in the league. He didn't get to start until the second half of the season. And then he takes the team a team that he's hardly gotten reps with as the third string quarterback to an NFC championship. And then the very next year, recovering from a UCL tear, he takes him to the Super Bowl, a step higher. Yeah, sure. He had a he had a rough he had a couple of rough patches late uh during some stretches in this in this season. But everybody does. Tom Brady's had some bad games. You remember that early stretch? In 2014, when Trent Dilfer, after that Chiefs game where Patrick, where Tom Brady literally got benched, Trent Dilfer said the Patriots aren't good anymore. That was a terrible stretch for him. They may have went two and two, but they could have easily gone zero and four during that stretch. Probably one and three because they actually beat the snot out of the Vikings in that one game. But point still stands. Like play elite players. I'm not saying he's elite. I'm not saying he's not. I'm saying in the time that we have seen him, he has stepped up when it matters. It may not have always showed it in the stat sheet when it matters, but you can see him making throws when he needs to make the throws, and you see him scoring touchdowns when he needs to. Yes, he has a lot of weapons, but he knows how to use them. He knows how to use his weapons, and that is going to be something that is huge coming up. How does he use Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle? Christian McCaffrey, he knows how to use his weapons and utilize them exactly when he needs to. He doesn't force the ball to anyone. He finds the open wide receiver. And that's something you can't hold against him. What are you going to do? Just not you? Are you going to make it as hard as you can on purpose to prove a point? You have weapons. You use them. You don't be ashamed of that. That makes no sense to me. He knows how to use his toys. He finds, he gets the ball to his playmakers. That's my point. So you're admitting you were wrong from what you said earlier this season. What did I say? You were dogging on Brock Purdy after that three-game stretch. I said I can't unsee that, and can you? Yeah, I can. Because of the points that I keep bringing up. I'm I'm not telling you that he's elite, and I'm not telling you that he can play either. I'm telling you that what we have seen has been good. Has been really good. All right. Well, the thing with Brock Purdy, okay, so if Brock Purdy isn't all that in a bag of chips, why couldn't Trey Lance get it done with this team? Why couldn't Jimmy Garoppolo get it done with this team? Jimmy Garoppolo could get it done with that team. No, he didn't. He didn't. He was he was doing the same stuff. He took him to the NFC championship the year prior. And and he he was he he did it with a shoulder injury. And he lost his and Brock Purdy had a concussion in the Vikings game and the Bengals game. Okay, yeah, and he sure. still has the job. Right. Point. So did Jimmy Garoppolo. And he and, he didn't Jimmy Garoppolo did Jimmy not lose Garoppolo his... on the team then. Then why isn't Jimmy Garoppolo on this 49ers team to take him to the Super Bowl? Cuz they moved on from him for Brock Purdy. That's why. Yeah, Injuries. but they were for good Jimmy reason. Garoppolo Well, let, let's all let's not forget Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't the guy to begin with. He was he was traded to the 49ers to be the guy. And then they went on. They went and moved on from from him for Trey Lance. He became the backup 
They only went to Jimmy Garoppolo last year because Trey Lance got hurt. So Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't supposed to be the guy either. They were already moving on from him at that point. But the fact that they were still then able why to didn't Trey Lance him, take his job back then? Then why didn't Trey Lance take his job Trey back? Because Trey Lance just can't the third play. third overall pick of the 21 NFL draft couldn't beat out Mr. Irrelevant. Because Trey Lance just can't play. He sucks. And he couldn't yeah. beat out Mr. Irrelevant. Thank you. Thank I, you. I, that doesn't mean, I think, but that I'm saying that doesn't like, so Brock Purdy may not suck. That doesn't mean that that may just mean that Trey Lance sucks, that he can't use the weapons. Brock Purdy can use his weapons, but we still can't see exactly what he is. Is he an elite quarterback? Can you definitively say that he is an elite quarterback and he can win without these weapons? I'm, I, I'm giving him credit for being able to use the ones that he has, just as I give to a credit for winning against sub 500 teams with the weapons that he has. But Brock Purdy, can you tell me that definitively, I'm not saying that he can't, can you tell me definitively that without a lot of these weapons that he could still take this team to the promised land? Seeing the throws that he's made, yes, I think he still could. Okay, I wouldn't rule it out. I want to like I'm not I'm not going to say he's elite. It's only his second year, but right. I but based on the plays that he's made, the throws that he's made in big situations, it's hard to say that he's not on that path. Yeah, I'm not okay. ruling it out. I'm saying that right now, with what he has, he's making it work. Okay, and he makes the throws that he needs to make. I'm saying that. If he didn't have these weapons, I would not rule out that this guy may not be that good. Yeah, yeah, because okay, so so yes, yeah, so, so so I got something to add. I got something to add. This okay, so I'm just gonna use history in this. Okay, okay, me person, I can't remember which game Brad Purdy got his first concussion at. I was it like it was the like Minnesota game. or the Bang, the Viking game? Okay, I think I think I think the reason why he came back so so quickly from a concussion in me theory like this 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 is just me just speculating it's because i think brock pretty knew deep down which as i'm gonna be honest i don't think he's ever gonna admit to this which i wanted if i was correct i think the reason why he came back so quick is because he knew that that sam darrell playing the same system the offense was gonna change it was gonna be just fine because 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 i noticed when as soon as soon as jimmy g as soon as jimmy g stopped playing for a a uh a competent organization like the Patriots and the 49ers. As soon as he went to a dysfunctional place, he looked super bad in LA. Well, no, not LA, the, the Las Vegas Raiders. Okay, he looked bad. Like he didn't look anywhere near where he was on Patriots or the uh 49ers. I'm not saying Brad Perry's bad because if he was because if he was absolutely horrible, he would have got benched like weeks ago. Like weeks ago, but I'm gonna be honest with Brad Perito. He he has been throwing a lot of risky passes though. They they just haven't the, the other team just hasn't been catching them yet. Hopefully, it doesn't have the Super Bowl because I I don't want the Chiefs to win. But I don't know. But like, I, I do know so Brad. Perito. Let let me finish with this point. Um, okay. Patrick Mahomes has been able to do more with less. He did. He has now done that in back to back years. Joe Burrow has proven to do more with less when he's healthy. Josh Allen can do more with less. I think he, it's a less than favorable posi position that he is in 
as much as we like to get on Josh Allen. Can we say, can we definitively say that about Brock Purdy? If he had less than what he has, because let's be, let's be, let's be real here. Almost everything on that team is perfect. Coaching, offensive line, pass catchers, running game. Just about everything there is perfect. Their, their defense, it could be, could be better, but it's still really good. Can we definitively say that if he didn't have all of this, if not all of it was perfect, that he would still be an elite quarterback, just like Mahomes, just like Burrow, just like Allen? Could we mention those two? Can we mention him in the same breath as those three quarterbacks? I I think that's where like I I would say that he's top fifteen, top ten quarterback. But I don't know if I would be willing to put him in the same aspect as Mahomes, Allen, Lamar, Burrow, those guys. Okay. And yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not to take away from what he's done. Obviously, like I'm not either. I think this yeah. is this is incredible, and this is a great story too. Take a look at this in hindsight. Um, the last overall pick has been to back-to-back conference championships and is now in a Super Bowl. This is a this is a great story. And please, 49ers fans, don't get on me. Don't get on me for, for saying all of this. I am not saying he's not elite. I am saying he just has more to prove to be an elite quarterback. That's all. That's all. Definitely. Aaron, you got anything else you want to add? Uh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm like, Adam does make you a point, like, the four and average team is basically perfect. Obviously, obviously, there's some little things to, to improve on. Like, if Kyle Shanahan doesn't choke, okay, because he really should have two rings right now. He should be in the Chiefs the first time. He should have never lost your team. <laughs> he should have never lost to the Patriots. So, Kyle Shanahan, I hope you learn your lesson. This is your third chance, okay? When you have a big lead, don't, don't get too fancy. Just win the game. But – the, the foreigners should win this game by 10 points. They should. I will 10, say maybe. also about Cal Shanahan, they better hope to God that they're not down in the game in the fourth quarter because Cal Shanahan is 1-34 in 34 when down by five entering the fourth. One, but that one victory came that one was this, this postseason. Yeah. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you this much um, about the Chiefs and just this matchup in general. I don't know why everyone is feeling this way. I mean, I do know why. It's the Patrick. It's Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and we're all weary from the Patriots dynasty. We aren't because two of us are Patriots fans. But you can feel for people who are who are weary from it. Um, <clears throat> CJ and Lucas have both told me they they fully expect the Chiefs to win this game. Like no hesitation, they believe the forty the Chiefs should be favored. And right I disagree. Uh, 49ers by two. I disagree with them. I disagree. I think the 49ers should win this game, but I do smell a rat. I do smell something off about this matchup that's going where the Chiefs are going to the Chiefs are going to give the 49ers big problems. And they might give them they might put that put their backs against the wall, just as the Packers and Lions have done. Only difference is that the Chiefs, unlike the Packers, Unlike the Lions, they have Patrick Mahomes. So can they survive? Can the 49ers survive making mistakes like they have in these previous two games? 
Can they survive that? I don't know. I, don't know. I just don't. I just don't see the Fournier's losing like the third straight Super Bowl. I think. I think something's going to tell me that Brad Purdy's going to win. He's going to win his first Super Bowl this time. He's going to win the Super Bowl, unlike Jimmy G. I just, I just, I just, I just have a feeling. And now that it too, but but George Kittle, he he did say, what was it, four years ago, almost five, when he said he'll be back against Chiefs. I, I have a feeling. I have a gut feeling. Something, something's gonna happen. But okay, that's all I got. For, yeah. All right. We'll we'll be able to cover this matchup over the next couple of weeks. We have lots of episodes. We have this upcoming Friday episode to cover it. We also have next Tuesday's episode to cover this matchup. And then our Friday episode, which is right before the Super Bowl. That is not going to be our Super Bowl preview. That is going to be the NFL Honors recap. So we are, it's, we do this every year. We go over all of our preseason picks for the NFL Honor Awards and see how wrong we are or how right. I got both uh, I got both rookies of the year last year. Both rookies of the year. I picked two Jets. And I'm never going to let people forget that. Um, but it's a fun segment. It's a fun episode. I highly, highly suggest you guys join for that episode. Um, but then the Saturday before, so February 10th, we are going to be on to um our Super Bowl special. So our fourth annual Super Bowl special. Lots of fun stuff, including our final predictions. Uh, NFL game food, game day pr- traditions, even some prop bets. The infamous anthem, over or under two minutes. We're going to give our final answers on that. What color the Gatorade's going to be? That's a fun one. All right, guys. We're on to our final segment coming up, and that is going to be the biggest X Factor. So which player is the biggest X factor in this Super Bowl matchup? We got some good answers from you guys. That's next. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Pal Radiate and Secret Weapon Consulting. I'm Adam Wright with Chris Kostich and special guest Aaron Wise. We have reached the fan, bo- fan box portion of our show where we give we post a question filter on our Instagram story every Monday, and you can respond with hot takes, questions, and more. And we will respond and give you a shout out on our podcast. Respond to next week's fan box question to be featured on our show. So lots of good answers as I teased. We're going to lead off with Christian McCaffrey. Nate Sloat said this one. Um, this is so this 49ers team has used McCaffrey as a safety blanket. That's not it. That is no secret. He is just as important to this offense as Debo Samuel is. And if they don't have, if they didn't have, and we haven't seen it yet, we haven't seen the the 49ers without Christian McCaffrey in a game. 
And that's pretty crucial because like we've seen what this offense is like without Debo Samuel. What does it look like without Christian McCaffrey? Which is a question we're not going to answer this week because they're going to have him. But if he gets hurt during the game, which he had, he does have a pretty long injury history that has knocked him out for full seasons back dur- during his Panthers days. But uh, I will say, since he has been traded to the 49ers, I don't know if it's just the better offensive line, if he's just not a workhorse back anymore, that that's helping him. But he's been pretty sus- he's been pretty good with re- with remaining healthy. Um, maybe it's the health staff. I don't know. But whatever they're doing, keep doing it because they need them. Um, Ali, uh, excuse my pronunciation. Ali Simintone. Ali Simintone. I'm going to roll with that. Let me know if I'm wrong in the comments, please. Said Kadarius Tony. And this could be, this could mean good things and bad things for Kadarius Tony. Because as much as as Tony has become the butt of all jokes, when he is actually playing at his best, like he is supposed to, like the first-round pick that the Giants selected him to be in 2021, he can actually be pretty good. We've seen it in some flashes last postseason. And he showed a little bit when he was a Giant as well. That being said, he could also be an X-factor in the way he's been an X-factor all season long, where he's lining up offsides, he's dropping passes, he's tipping passes that are right right at him that are turning into pick sixes. Um, and I would bet the latter on that one. That's the thing is that you're you're thinking of Kadarius Tony of the past. We're talking about Kadarius Tony this season. Kadarius Tony this season sucks. Sure, but what's changed from last year to this year? And I'm not trying to turn into the to the Kadarius Tony defender here, but we know what he is capable of when he's actually playing at his best. Probably just lost his talent. I I don't know. That's a that I'm very clueless on this as much as you are because, like you said, nothing has changed besides maybe Kadarius Tony is getting thrown into a wide receiver one role, and maybe that's just it. He's not a wide receiver one. And, like, it's not even just a skill issue. The fact that you can't line up on sides, that is, that's not a skill issue. That's, that's discipline. That's like, what the hell is wrong with you? Make sure you're lined up on sides. And if you're not sure, wave to the ref and ask. And I know a lot of people are claiming that he did ask, but you, even if he did, you could clearly see the ref did not acknowledge him at all. Make sure he acknowledges you, and if he doesn't, move back a foot still. Still do it. Why not? Like, you can't move that far back. You can, but again, you have to be even stupider to move too far back so that you're off the line. Like, it, that that just, that part just blows my mind. It was yeah. a while ago, and it clearly meant nothing because then you went back onto the Bills turf and beat them, but... Like I, I'm still looking at that puzzled and like, how the hell do you do that? That was just stupid. Um, all right, here's another one. This one's pretty funny. Kalen, he doesn't have a last name on his Instagram, and I'm sure you do have a last name. Just you didn't list it. 
uh, says, I like this one. The guy that's always looking Mahomie. And um, I don't, I think C- CBS is on this broadcast. So we will see Tony Romo drooling over Patrick Mahomes. And it's, it's going to be pretty funny. That's going to, that's going to be, we're going to do a, we're going to make a prop bet for that, by the way, for our Super Bowl special. Tony for, Romo used to be such a good color commentator. And then I, CBS must have told him to stop predicting, stop telling everyone what's about to happen before it's happened or something. So then know. just start drooling over the best quarterbacks in the game. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. At least if you're going to do it, do it. Um, he didn't say a damn thing that was positive about Joe Burrow. Why Josh Allen? Yeah. Josh Allen is Josh Allen. Jo- Josh Allen, I miss all the interceptions is still a very good quarterback. He's, I know he's still a great quarterback. Just led the league in like, touchdowns. Like out of touchdowns. sure, out Don't of all sure of me, it's a fact. It is a. Fa- I, I'm not. I'm not saying he's, it's wrong, but uh, Jameis Winston once threw for thirty touchdowns. Is that a dog? No. Th- uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> I thought that was a dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, um, I don't got a dog. All right. Um, do I use do I use this one from Christian? Because it is do it. just do it. Fine. Mahomes and the refs. And he did <laughs> I was Christian hesitant Clark. to use this one because he didn't say Mahomes and the refs. I didn't know that this was an, a feature on Instagram, but you can put a picture on it now you can respond with pictures and i was i gotta say i was shocked when i saw this response it was a picture of um and chris i'll give you a visual since you haven't actually seen it yet you didn't um just look at it i just sent it in our in our group our podcast group chat um but the guy shout out hop culture and brews podcast yes but it's a picture so he used a picture of uh Josh, uh, Patrick Mahomes making out with a ref. Do you see it now? I'm getting there. Okay. Um, <laughs> you see it now. I, I've seen that picture before, actually. I mean, it's it's yeah. just out there. It's a it's a viral pick. That's but, awesome. Listen, almost, almost like Taylor Swift and Andy Reid making out with each other. Jesus Christ! Have you I seen that? Need, picture? I, I have, but I'd rather not remember it. Aaron, have you seen that one? Yeah, yeah, I've seen that one. (laughs) Okay, so (sighs) I guess so. If we're looking at this, um, there is a very strong belief now around the league that the NFL is fake, that it's scripted, and that it's rigged for specific teams to win. To that, I say because this is we got the same thing towards the Patriots. And to that, I say, why would they pick the team that everybody hates to win? Why? That just, that part makes no sense to me. If you're going to rig it, rig it for the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2017. Why are you rigging it for the Patriots? If you're going to rig the game, why rig the game for the Patriots in 2018? Why not bet on the, the... why not give it to Jared Goff, who is a young and upcoming quarterback for the Rams? That part makes no sense. I mean, right. technically. How about, how about how about 2020 when Tom Brady beat 
Patrick Mahomes on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Why why would you give it to the quarterback everybody hates and not give it to the quarterback of tomorrow who people are at who people still like at the time? Well, Brady also won that ring at home. That was in that was that Super Bowl in Tampa. Oh, so therefore it's scripted. I'm just saying, like, it's it just makes no sense. They're they the league loves the Patriots, really. The league loves the Chiefs. Do they love the Chiefs? Does anybody around the league love the Chiefs anymore? No one likes the Chiefs. If so why NFL, would they rig it for them? That makes if, no sense. If the NFL was so scripted, we would have heard about it at this point. Some player would have come out and said something. And I know KJ Wright did, but it doesn't it doesn't freaking count. That guy's not all there. So we got a washed up running back and KJ Wright, who's not not all there. Yeah, I, I do I do got one thing to add though about this. If you think about it, Adam, about your Patriots team back in 2014, Tyree did rig the game himself. <laughs> well, are we bringing up? Are we bringing up that stupid deflated footballs argument? That's gonna come up for the. That's gonna come up for the Chiefs. These the the Chiefs. I'm looking at just like the Patriots. They're the first. It's always the refs come first, and then you're gonna get some blatant witch hunt cheating cheating scandal with the deflated footballs. <laughs> even though, even though the Colts footballs were underinflated too. So how do we know that the Patriots had something to do with it? Yeah, the, the if the Colts... Patriots had anything to do with that with that cheating scandal, why would they be game planning to run the ball more? Like that it makes no sense. Like if you were throwing rainy. it a million times, then okay. But why are you game planning? It wasn't even. Why are you game planning to run the ball a million times and then risk getting caught cheating? That makes no sense. If you're going to risk getting caught cheating, at least throw the ball a lot. They didn't. It, scientifically, it doesn't make sense as well. Uh, or scientifically, it was disproven. Um, and I think that the Colts have bigger problems if they're losing 45 to 14 or whatever the, the final 45 score to was. 7. 45 yeah. to 7, whatever the um, final score was. Um, so Chiefs fans, I know you love to... I know I know you love to accuse the Patriots of cheating. Careful what you wish for, because those are going to start coming for you if you keep winning. I'm just saying. That's the way it works. Your team wins, you cheated. You lose, you're washed. You win, you paid the refs. You lose, the dynasty's over. You're going to hear that a lot, because that's what kept on happening for 20 years straight. Um, all right. Back on track. <laughs> Damn it, Christian. <laughs> I never met you in person, but you already pissed me <laughs> off with this. Yeah, you weren't even on the pod for this either. He made he made this podcast five minutes longer because of because of me. Oh. All right. Ryan Burke said Debo Samuel. Um we saw what this what this team was like, this 49ers team was like without Debo Samuel for three games. And again, like I don't I don't hold it against Brock Purdy because it was only three games. We don't know what he is like on a bigger sample size with without weapons. But you can't ignore the importance of Debo Samuel in this offense. So that is something that is that's important to look at. Um especially with the teams they were losing to. 
They lost to the four. They lost to the. They lost to the Vikings. They lost to the Browns. And who's the other team? Who was the third uh, team they lost to? Bengals. Not the Ravens. It was the Bengals. Bengals make sense. Bengals kind of make sense because Joe Burrow was starting to look healthy. There was a tiny window in that season where the Bengals actually looked like the Bengals of old. Um, I, I Let me rephrase of, of old because you'll think of Andy Dalton and company. Um, they looked like the Bengals from 2022 and 21. But um, you can't ignore it. I mean, you you can't unsee what you saw from Brock Purdy in those games. I'm not saying, like I said, it's a small sample size, so let's give him some more time. But the fact that Debo, it almost it feels like that scene from The Wizard of Oz where the the curtain the curtains pulled back, and it turns out Brock Purdy's just a foolish old man, just a mean old man. I will say, Adam, that I don't like that argument anymore because CJ brought up an amazing point to me uh, a couple weeks ago and how Debo actually missed a couple games last season as well, and the 49ers came away with victories in those games. Which games Well, was Brian? I don't know. I, I need to look more into that. I, I need to look more into it as well. I don't know which game specifically off the top of my head you can – you can interrogate CJ about that one, honestly. And I do have a lot. I have a lot of questions. I'll we'll ha- I'll have to look at that myself. But yeah, I have a lot of questions for that. First of all, how many games did he miss? Did he miss two games? Did he miss one game? Five. And another question: um, What teams were they facing? Because if you face like a bottom feeder team, I get the Browns and about, about I get this? The Browns and the Vikings weren't the best. The but, all right, please please search exactly which games they missed because that is that's actually very important and also i'm pretty sure this was during the time when by the time brock purdy was starting in the league that was the time when i do remember there were a lot of injuries with the 49ers not just last season but the season prior but i'm pretty sure that was around the time when everyone started getting healthy so that might have been during the jimmy garoppolo time frame Oh yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. When when they stood out one in ten, and then Jimmy G finally came back, and he won like six in a row. Because if and it was it, Jimmy it, Garoppolo and not Brock Purdy starting, then t- throw that point out the window. Um. All right. Let me let me move on with our with our final fan box response while uh, Chris is looking this up. Colham said Fred Warner. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, he is one of the best linebackers in the league, and I don't. I think it's not just Fred Warner; it's also Dre Green- Greenlaw, two of the best mm-hmm. off-ball linebackers in all of football. And it, during our preseason rankings, we always put him close to the top, and there's a reason for it. He always racks up tackles. His he's a tackles for loss machine. And this guy, this, I mean, they're, they're often, their front seven is one of the best in football. We can talk plenty about their defensive backfield, which has, which leaves a little bit to be desired this season, but their front seven has always been legit. I guess you could say Nick Bosa <laughs> hasn't had the best year, but they still have, they they still have Chase Young, who's been fine. He's been disappointing. He's been kind of disappointing. Like, <sighs> That trade, I don't know. 
he hasn't really done much. Am I wrong about that for Chase Young? I thought Chase Chase Young would be like a straight beast when he came to San Francisco. I, know, I just feel like he he's been kind of a bit too quiet. Am I wrong about that? Or? I don't think you're wrong about it because Chase Young hasn't been the the um, the first round pick that he was supposed to be. He was he hasn't been as good as um, as good as he as he previously was. He has seven and a half sacks this season. Um, in nine games with San Francisco, he has two and a half. Oh dang! So, just Kinda as a unit, this team is this defense is really good. All right, um, here we go, Adam. Three games that he missed, and they were from week fifteen to week seventeen. So when Brock Purdy is playing, and they won all three games. They beat Seattle Ooh. twenty-one to thirteen. They beat Washington thirty-seven to twenty. And they beat Vegas in OT 37 34. Okay. One of those three is relevant. Do you want so me I, to I'd say this is that's that's a pretty solid point. Do you that's want a me good to point. go and through it's, it's, stats as well, or am I good with that? Give me some stats. Let's see how Brock Purdy was weeks 15 to 17. Uh so we'll start with the Seattle game. Purdy 17 for 26, 217, two tutties. Yeah, that's fine. Um Washington, 37 to 20 victory. Purdy, 15 for 22, 234, two tutties, one pick. And the Vegas game through 284 yards, 22 for 35, two tutties, one interception. Damn, Jared Stedham had 365 yards that game, too. That's Ooh. crazy. Okay. Yeah, that's. So they weren't really, they weren't hucking the ball around, but it goes they... to. They won that was, games. That was the beginning. Yeah, they were still winning games and without Debo regardless. So that's a fair point. It, it, that is a fair point now. So I thought it was close to the end of the season uh, yeah. or closer to the beginning of the season during, while Jimmy Garoppolo was still playing. But weeks 15 to 17, and you did be I, – I get the, the Raiders aren't much. Um, the Commanders certainly aren't much either. But – uh, and this was who made the playoffs. That's and I'm assuming bad. I'm assuming that Debo also got hurt the week prior against Tampa Bay, and that was Purdy's second start, and they beat Tampa Bay 35 to seven. They actually crushed him. Yeah. Okay. So this was yeah. like we're talking like the very, very few starts for Purdy at that point. Okay. Like his first five starts. That's that yeah. makes me feel a lot better about him. Don't but the, don't forget the nine. I don't want to be that guy, but the 49ers did still have George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, and Christian McCaffrey. So yeah. and one of the best offensive lines in football. And good coaching with Kyle yeah. Shanahan. So yes, they didn't have Debo Samuel. He, so I guess that does eliminate the narrative that he can't win without Debo Samuel because he just did last year. But he still has a lot of talent. Again, like I, I don't. Brock Purdy is a is a special case for me. I really do not know what he is. He could be elite. He could also be just an okay quarterback in this league. He may be. He may actually suck. We don't know. I'm just saying, we don't know what he looks like without weapons. Like without a lot of what he has. Any no one can do anything without any without anyone. Even Patrick Mahomes right now has Travis Kelsey. 
But if he has like just a little bit, can he still do it? That's something I, that's something we're going to find out in a couple of years. We're not going to find out this year. And that's why I still have the 49ers winning the Super Bowl because he can he's proven he can still do it. All right. That's all the scheduled content we have for today, but what do you, you what do you, you guys have any other thoughts? We are up against the clock, but anything quick? Nah. It's just the Jets got to win the Super Bowl next year. <laughs> yeah. Have to. Good luck with that. Have to, man. Yeah. Talk to talk to Aaron Rodgers torn Achilles. See if you can work something yeah. like that. All right. Well, Aaron, thanks a lot for joining the show. As always, you've been on so many times and it's always great to have you. Great analysis and everything. All right. Well, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. We have new episodes out on Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and Fridays at 5 Eastern Time. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRuski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we'll see you next week over and out.